Inside Books with Breda Brown. Welcome to Inside Books, a programme about the magical world of writing. I'm Breda Brown and in each episode of Inside Books we chat to people associated with the world of books, including well-known authors, publishers, editors, agents, critics, booksellers and more. You'll find Inside Books on all audio platforms and our Twitter handle is at Inside Books IRE where you'll also find lots of other interesting books news. My guest today is Fiona O'Brien, the author of nine contemporary fiction novels. From Dublin, she worked in the advertising industry as a copywriter, both in Dublin and London. And during her career, she was responsible for award-winning press, radio and television commercials for many well-known companies like Kellogg's, Ford and Goodfellas. She left advertising 20 years ago after she got tired of her creativity being confined to one A4 page. And that's why she started writing her first novel, Charity. She came out in 2002 and she's just published her ninth and it's called The House Share. So Fiona, I'm really interested. You left advertising. What a great career to start writing. What prompted that? Um, It was a time when uh, there were a lot of young women Irish writers just entering the scene or, or doing very well in it. And that sort of piqued my interest. And I thought, you know, I always had this bug, I suppose, that I would like to write. And that gave me um the encouragement if you like just to to uh to give it a go and had you been writing much before that outside no, of the advertising no, really not at all okay no, it was all advertising and uh, i had a very good friend at the time who i worked with and did a lot of voiceovers with kate thompson uh, who also writes under the name of kate Befoy, and she was very encouraging to me and uh she showed i think a couple of pages it was at the time too or I showed a couple of pages to her and she encouraged me with it. And then it took off from there. She introduced me to her then publisher. And that was how I got my first publishing deal without an agent. But you obviously had confidence, though, in your ability to do it, to sort of leave the industry and, and to go at this. I don't think I'd left at that stage, but I was I was it's it's a bug, as I'm sure every writer will tell you. It's sort of a compulsion. But I did definitely knew, know I wanted to try it. And I think I was freelance maybe by, by that stage. And that gave me the flexibility to really start the book. But I suffer particularly, and I know a lot of writers do, from imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something, you know, people maybe underestimate sometimes. Even Even when you do get going, it can attack you when you least expect it. And why do you think that is? Because again, you had such a sparkling career yep. In, yep. In, in something else. So why? I think I think it's in your, your makeup, your character. It was the same in advertising. I suffered terribly from it. Right. So when you sat down then and decided you were going to write a book, no, no mean feat, mm. like where did you start? Did you have an idea? I had a vague idea. I wanted to send up the sort of charity scene at the time. It was the 90s. There was a lot of the Celtic Tiger stuff going on, a lot of the the charity balls. And I wanted to write something amusing about that. But um, just going back to your point a minute ago, it was funny because presentations in advertising were something I loathed. I hated having to do all the singing and dancing. And I thought to myself, if only I could write a book, I could live a quiet life at home <laughs> and write for, you know, a year or whatever and hand this book through a, through a slot on the wall and hopefully get a cheque in exchange and they'd say bye bye, see you next year. And <laughs> how wrong could I have been? Because, <laughs> of course, it follows you, you know, and and you have the publicity for the books and all that sort of thing. So so the the um, the quiet life is not something you can rely on, really, and and less less than ever now. At this point, exactly. Mm. And so when you sat down to write the first one, as you said, just to, to send up the charity scene, mm. how long did it take to write? 
Um, I think that one was pretty quick. It was maybe a few months, maybe six months. And that um, was the book then that, or the couple of pages that Kate showed to her yes, agent? Yes, absolutely. I wrote two books for them. I wrote my follow-up one, which was sold, which was about the sale of the most expensive house in Dublin at the time, which was insane money. It was 50 million. And uh, I wrote a, a, a funny story around that. And then after that, I knew I had to get serious because that, that those books were for very little money and it was wonderful to get a foot in the door and all that. But I, I wanted to take on something a little bit more meaty. And that was my first uh, real women's fiction novel, which was None of My Affair. And after that, I met Kathy Kelly and I showed her some of that and she was a huge champion of mine and uh, I owe her a great debt for that. And she introduced me to uh, Hachette Ireland and that was how I got my first UK deal. So um, it was after that I actually got an agent. Right. So in, in, in essence, I gifted them a deal. I walked across the the door with a deal, done deal, which isn't always the best way to do things. I learned in, in retrospect, but nonetheless, that's how it all started. And looking back, would you advise people to get an agent first or go to the publisher? I think it's pretty impossible to go to the publisher now, unless um, with the huge change in self-publishing and uh, Amazon and all that. Um, ironically, people are getting picked up who self-publish by publishers, but that's because they're they're keeping an eye on things and watching what books are selling and doing well. So that is a route now. But before, uh, prior to that, you, you couldn't because uh, publishers don't, don't have slush funds. It's hard enough to get an agent to read your stuff, never mind a publisher. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and when you said then as well with, um, you know, that you broke into, into the UK market, how did the UK market take your books? What did they think of them? The critical reviews were excellent and reader reviews were excellent, but I'm not sure sales were that great. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know exactly. I I didn't go into it in too much detail, but it's very hard if you don't have a big marketing machine behind you. Mm -hmm. And the irony in this business is if um, if a publisher pays an author a large advance, they have to get that money back, Mm -hmm. if you like. So it's a catch 22. So in order to get their advance back, they will make sure they spend a lot of money on that book and they will put the big marketing machine behind you. When I say the big marketing machine, there's a gradient, of course, in that. Um, it, It will vary from author to author. But that's why if you get a big advance, it's almost guaranteed that your book will be a success because they have to get their money back. If they don't, there are certain, um, if you like, tranche of books, they'll float out there and just see what happens. But mm-hmm. you're up against people who do have the marketing machine behind them. And it's 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 pretty, pretty impossible to to fight against that. And how do you find the marketing aspect of it? Obviously, we'll, we'll talk about the writing yeah, of the books yeah. later, but, you know, do you find it fairly gruelling or, or how do I, you find it? I do, uh, and I know how it works because of my advertising background. That was a help. But nowadays, um, particularly with social media, I find it particularly aggressive and uh, I, I, I just don't particularly like that aspect of it. I have to do it. Everyone has to do it. But increasingly, the promotion of a book is falling back more and more onto the author themselves. And, you know, it, it's it's one thing. It's hard enough to write a book. But when you're expected to do really an awful lot of your, if not all of your own publicity as well, on top of that, it's incredibly energy sapping. 
And takes away from the writing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But that seems to be the way things are going more and more. But you obviously still love it because you're on book nine. I do. I do. It's it's a it's a love hate relationship. <laughs> it's a, it's right. a compulsion. It's fair, a compulsion. Fair enough. You know. And, and you know, how I suppose I'm interested in you, you're on book nine. How has the writing changed over the years? You've talked about the fact that maybe the plots or, or the, 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 the topics that you approach are different. But how has the writing changed? I think my approach to it has changed along with um, you evolve an awful lot, not just as a writer, but I like to think I've evolved as a person. So I see people differently. And of course, reading, uh, it's its vital to read a lot. But I think it's my relationship with people changing has informed my writing. I would see a lot more and understand a lot more about life, you know, and life has dealt me its own its own hard blows, you know, and we all get them. But they they all it's a cliche, but you do, it, it does make you grow as a person. But it, it certainly I would have much more I, tremendously more. Um, empathy with people and I think that has helped my writing an awful lot. Uh, and that's definitely something that comes through I think because you've got mm. just really strong memorable characters in, in all your books. So I'm wondering you know do you have to spend time creating them or do they nearly come fully formed? No they pretty much come fully formed and thank you for saying that it's, it's nice to hear but I and I hear that back from readers my, my strength is characters. And But that goes to show then that obviously your understanding of people is really strong. Yeah, I like to think so. Mm. Yeah, I like to think so. Certainly at this stage of my life. <laughs> it may not, may not always have been the case, you know, but... Uh, and the other thing is community. Again, just mm. there's always a community, a little community at the centre of, of the novels and different characters then that feed into that. Sometimes I feel nearly like they're a locked room mystery and that they're in a, in a mm-hmm. house or they're in a, in a cul-de-sac. Um, again, is that, is that a deliberate ploy? Yes, pretty much. I like to have a nest to begin with. I mean, I might the the with me, it tends to start with a character rather than a plot. Uh, the plot will will follow very quickly because obviously you, you can't you know, you have to invent a plot for your character. But um, it generally helps if if there's a nest for the book, you know, and that, that tends to be a group of people, a community, wherever it is, whether it's in a in a house or in a country village or or whatever. And that's what you've done with the house share, which is, yep. is the latest book. So it mm. is, I love this, a three story mansion converted into luxurious sea view apartments. I want well, to live there. <laughs> I My first, the title I wanted for it was a three story over basement story. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> we didn't we didn't get away with that one. But um, yes, it, what it really is about, though, is is do you ever know who you're living with? Because uh, Two women end up living together and one of them has no idea who the other is, but the other one knows exactly who she is. And there's a a good revenge thread running through that. A revenge thread. Mm. I love Mm -hmm. it. I love it. Yes. And again, but it's very much there's a huge human connection as well with everything that you write. Yeah. Yeah. And that's deliberate. It is. Yeah. That's how I just sort of relate now, I suppose. And, you know, you're relating in your writing, even if it's just you and the page. So, uh, yeah. So do you sit down and plot then in advance? I'm not a huge plotter. I, I would, the idea sort of comes to me and it might be something uh, arbitrary I hear. It could be just a paragraph in a newspaper or something online. And then then it's the, it's the characters will will push it. And I sort of push it out from there. But I would try and have a vague, I, I always say I have a vague idea of the beginning, the middle and the end, but it, it hardly ever works out that way. And that's when the characters, uh, if they're if they're doing their job, they should take up the pace. I find 
around sort of a third into the book, it, things kind of take off and then I'm running to keep up, keep really? up with them. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mm. What if it doesn't take off? That can be tricky. That mm-hmm. can be very tricky. Yeah, I fell into a, a, a big hole with one book. I, I think it was The Summer Visitors. And I lo- it's my favourite book, probably. But um, I got into trouble with a, with a character that really wasn't working and I, I couldn't let her go. And of course you do how you do have to eventually let these things go. And it involved quite a lot of rewriting. And I got there eventually, but it, it really um, it really challenged me. And did you get writer. rid of the character or just change them or what did you do? No, she had to go. She had to go. Right. Yeah. A big rewrite. Yeah. Yeah. OK. And was mm. that disheartening? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Not by the end of it when I knew I, I could sort it, but it just it wasn't the book I thought it, it would be. And it turned into something else, which which I ended up loving, too. But um, it, it really um, challenged me. It really it almost broke me. Right. Sure, I think. But you yeah. got through it. I got through it. Yeah. With the help, of, you know, of a lot of encouragement from friends and a wonderful editor and the the usual that that's the kind of the best of the writing process when you do hit a wall if you do I hope people writers don't but if you do hit a wall you know it, it's tremendous the support you get because it it is something that can happen quite regularly whether it's having to some people get you know halfway through a novel and decide the whole thing isn't working and have to bin it and start again or you might just run into one aspect of it a kind of dead end or something that just isn't gelling or working and why do you think it happened then on this novel. I think it was quite an ambitious idea I had at the time. Right. And I was obsessed with a, a, a ghost in it who was gone. That, that's one of them. <laughs> gone. But this ghost just, I, I was getting into past story and present time and the whole thing was just becoming unwieldy. Hmm. You know, I, th- I think what happened actually, and I, I may revisit it at some stages, I think I was writing two books at right. the time as one book. Interesting. And I, I had to, I couldn't see see enough to separate them. And it took, a, you know, a very hard headed editor to go, you've got to ditch this character and this person and I went fine. And did it impact your confidence then when you went to sit down and write the next one? Um, no, it didn't because I think that the next one turned out to be be a lot easier. Whichever as, the next one was. I as think a it was result, Summer Visit. Uh, was it The, su- the uh, Summer We Were friends. friends. Yes, and that that again was a quite a specific story I had in my head and I, I, I knew pretty much I was pretty sure I could make it work. And right. I did quite a lot of research just to make sure I did because it involved a, a, a guy showing up with memory loss who didn't know where he was or how he'd got there. And that was quite, quite fun to read. To I love write. the fact that you usually have a mood board. Yes. Where did I hear? I, I, I guess it was advertising hangovers, but I think I read it too somewhere online. And I, lo- I love that. I do. I do find that helps. It just keeps I think track. it's just the creative child, you know, in in um, creative people, they do say you should indulge your creative child, that your inner creative is a three-year-old or something like that. And you conjure up St. Anthony all the time? I, I, I'm indebted to him, yeah, he reminded me <laughs> of my own money. Yeah, 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 he really, do, he really does come through. He's a powerful saint. So in terms of your day-to-day writing then, do you write every day? I would try to write every day. I'd take maybe a month or two off in between books. I'm on an off period now. So but otherwise, yes, I write every day. Yeah. And I, is it is it purely the novels you focus on or do you do essays or no purely novellas? novels? Okay. Purely novels. That's all I've done. And you start and finish. Yeah. 
And mm. I write chronologically. I, I can't jump around, you know, for, I wish I could. Some some writers can sort of write a bit in the middle or go back and round. I, I have to write as I would read page by page. And how do you find the rewrites then at the end or the editing? Depends a lot on the editor. Um, I usually find it very helpful because by then you've got you've got the entire work to work with. It, 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 even if it's unwieldy, you know what you've got, which is a lot easier than the, the blank page or this kind of is this working? Is it not? And, you know, that sort of bit. But uh, once once you have a, f- a finished first draft, you've got something to work with. And do you still get other writer friends now to to have a read of it? You know, as I you're haven't writing. the last couple of books, but I certainly would. It's just everyone's so busy. You can imagine. It. It's a That's huge it. imposition to say to somebody, to ask them, would you mind having a look at this? That's really why I don't. Um, but otherwise, yes, I would. And certainly if I was in trouble, I would. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of reviews then, because obviously the, the necessary evil, as they say, yeah, with, with books, how, how do you approach reading them? I uh, try to do what Steven Spielberg says and not take the good ones too seriously so you don't have to take the bad ones too seriously. Right. Or just ignore the bad ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been very fortunate, actually, in my reviews. I don't think I've had a, a really ba- a bad one. Most of them have been good. pretty pleasant. Yeah. yeah. And what are you working on at the moment? I'm just taking time out. I don't know uh, what's coming up yet. It'll um, it'll evolve the way it always does. Um, I have an idea. I have an idea. Again, it's a character. It'll probably turn into something completely different. But uh, and interestingly, most of your books are quite Dublin, Ireland. Based. They are. Yeah. Yeah, they are. So and I, think, I, I know you, you bring in other other locations, mm. obviously, depending. But would you ever think of, of setting something specifically outside of Ireland? It would depend on the research involved. But yes, I'd certainly be open to it. Yeah. 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 See, you'd never know what might happen. Yeah. And what about another genre? That's interesting. Yes, because um, I think I would like to maybe at some stage try children's books or young adult um, that that's something that appeals to me. Um, I know there's huge, you know, crime is huge and mm. psychological thrillers, but I don't, I don't feel that calling me. Um, but you do have a mystery element sometimes. Do, I do. do I like a good. Yeah, that does run through my books already. So um, it would mean. Yeah, I, I, I might consider it. You know, I wouldn't. I don't write anything off. No pun intended. <laughs> but uh, certainly, it's it seems to be the uh, the vogue at the moment. You know, it's what people are just absolutely voraciously interested in. And you've mentioned as well potentially about turning some of your books into screenplays. Is that still an option? Yeah, one of them is being looked at at the moment, The Summer Visitors. Um, But who knows, you know, these things, many a slip twixt cup and lip. That's it. And hopefully you might get a cameo. (laughs) You never know. You never know. (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? Well, Fiona O'Brien, thank you for joining us here on Inside Books. And you'll find Fiona's books online or at your local bookshop now. The next episode of Inside Books will be out soon. Just keep an eye on our Twitter feed for details. The handle is at Inside Books I-R-E. Inside Books is a unique media production with research by Amy Wynn. And if you'd like to hear other episodes, just search for us on the various audio platforms. And don't forget to leave us a rating or review. I'm Brita Brown. Until next time, keep reading. Inside Books is a unique media production.